You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Amen. Good morning. Man, that was some nice uh, Christmas singing, wasn't it? Diamond, thank you. I love that song. Carrie, Reese, all of you guys. Thank you, Josh. Our rock star Josh flying in in the early morning hour. So super grateful for him. How are we all doing this morning? Are we, the holidays, are they, is it tired? Are you tired already from holiday, like parties? Guess who I see here today? Mofe is visiting today. Mofe from Chicago. Mofe, stand up. Stand up, Mofe. Come on, man. Love you, man. Super love you. Appreciate you. And it's great to be together. Uh, I know uh, today, later today, we have the joy of the wedding of Ron and Elizabeth. I know quite a few people are over there preparing for that. And that alone is an awesome worship time, right, to really commemorate that that blessing. But it's great to be here today. Uh, we're going to do a two-part series. Uh, we're following through with our joy overriding series. But today we're going to do a, a series, begin our two-part series on the birth of Jesus stories and certainly they lead us to a concept of joy. And the title of the sermon series is A Star to Follow. All right? A Star to Follow. And certainly we find in the accounts of the birth of Jesus the star that is guiding the wise men to Jesus. And certainly complete joy comes when we focus on the right things. The birth of Jesus is an amazing story. And it is filled with great joy. So I hope today you really enjoy what we study. Uh, it is a great time to, to dig into the scriptures in that area. But let's begin with the word of prayer. I want to warm up. In fact, no, I'm going to do something different. All right. Just because I need some warmth in the room. Everybody got to stand up and high five somebody next to you. Everybody got to stand up and high five somebody next to you. At home, if you're at home, high five High five the TV or your, your spouse or whoever you're with, your kids. Yes, and yeah, now get out your hand sanitizer out of your pocket. Okay, on a show of hands... Who will be going to more than three Christmas parties through the holiday season? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hand up if you're going to more than four parties. More than five parties. Hand up, you're going to more than five parties. Hand up, I'm going to more than five, more than six parties. I think there's like, somebody told me they're going to nine parties. If you count all the little parties that happen, friends and your own and family, and work party, and your spouse's work party, and you know, ministry leadership party and your small group party, right? We've been to quite a few. And I think that's a good thing because God does want us to rejoice. And you need a time of year to to rejoice and have some fun. And so at our at our um, our staff meeting as a church, I made sure I, we listened to Christmas music. And Kenny, you know, his only song he liked was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by DMX. It was not a very happy Christmas song. Yeah, I was like, Kenny, that's the only one you like? He says, yeah, it's the only one. Let's read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says, and the star they had seen 
when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. The actual Greek says exceeding great joy. We read the other account of joy from the book of Luke's account where the shepherds are told about Jesus and about the birth. But the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You know, the birth of Jesus story is amazing. Exceeding great joy. The Greek right there says, you know, exceedingly great joy is how they felt when they saw the star. And they knew, you know, interesting story. We're going to talk about this next week. That's going to be part two. But a little precursor is that God knew and intended to reach people from all walks of life, even the men of wisdom from the east who actually followed the stars, who looked at the stars and let that guide them. He go, okay, I'm going to give you a star. We're not sure what it was that led them to where Jesus was born. You know, this week at our meeting, we listened to Christmas music, but what else we did is I asked the question, when you think of Jesus, when you think of that great gift, right, why do we give gifts at the Christmas season? It's because the ultimate gift was given to all of that, to all of us, right? The incarnate God himself, Jesus, was given to us. So I asked the question, what about Jesus brings you joy to the staff, right? What about Jesus brings you joy? And that is a question I want you to be thinking about because they're going to have a discussion on this at the end. All right. So that's the lesson. You know, I got you the, the question ahead of time. You really need to think about that. But it was so powerful to ask these awesome servants of God what it was. And each one had something different. And when you think about what Jesus brings and how he brings joy into your life, I want you to really consider today. Well, what they said is it turned out. You know, the, the, the ladies, they felt like Jesus brings them comfort and peace, a sense of peace and a sense of security. One of the brothers said, I like that with Jesus, I can be totally honest. He brings me the truth. Things are just truthful. I don't have to put up a facade. I can just be who I, who I am. And another one said, you know, I get joy from Jesus because I, I oftentimes guilt myself out. I feel like I need forgiveness or I, I could be more, I could do better. Uh, he's a perfectionist. And so he's like, I need that grace. And Jesus brings that to me. When I think of him, I get joy because I know there's that hope of forgiveness. And then for me, I shared, you know, for me, I remember learning about Jesus and how joyful I was to have a purpose in my life, to have direction, to not be, I, I was known uh, as a guy that had a lot of energy, but it would go in a lot of di- different directions. And my college uh, friends, they would say, man, you're, you're like a, you know, like a boat without a rudder, just going full speed, all these different directions until I found the right direction, Jesus. So today's points are going to be based upon the, and we're going to do, we're going to do two parts. Today we're doing part one, but there's four things that bring joy when you think about Jesus that came out of this. And I want to hit that from the Christmas story and from some of the Proverbs, which we've been studying. But today we're going to hit a star of peace and a star of truth. Next week, a star of grace and a star of purpose. Amen. And each of us has to really think a little bit in our own heart. Where is your joy level? Where is your joy level? We've been talking about joy. And I hope that you reflect on the greatest gift 
of all, God's gift of his son to each of us. So point one, a star of peace, a star that leads us to peace because it leads us to Jesus. And I want to begin reading in Luke chapter two, uh, the account there where it says in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. What an amazing story. A shocking story. God becoming man. God connecting with all people. So many nuances. I want you to just, I'm going to pull out a few that relate to the peace that we all need. But I want you to notice in the text, it says that Joseph was going to register in the town. He was going to be counted, right? We want to be counted, right? They call it a Roman census so everybody could be counted, probably to get all their taxes in. And guess we do the same thing in America. We have a census, right, every 10 years. And for all kinds of other reasons. And we learn the statistics. But all of us do want to be counted. We want to know that we count. That we matter. That we're a part of things. What I find so amazing in the text is that it says clearly that Joseph goes to this town. The town of David, mind you. Which was in the lineage of the great king that was to come. Right? King David was the the ultimate king of Israel, and his son, the prediction was, would someday be the ultimate king of all Israel, the Messiah. But interestingly, it says in the text that he was pledged to be married, and yet his wife was with child. Now, if you heard about that in our day, even in our day and age, a, a somewhat unreligious culture that we live in, We would be like, oh, they're married out of, they have a kid out of wedlock. I mean, that's our culture. But in the Jewish culture, the conservative Jewish culture, that was extreme. So I want you to get this. Jesus, his mother and his father actually had to undergo this experience of shame in the eyes of society right from the beginning. You ever feel A little bit of shame, like you're not all you ought to be. Or maybe you were raised in a situation that wasn't perfect. You didn't have the two, you know, two cars, a white picket fence, perfect mom and dad. Everything didn't work out perfect for you. Jesus can relate. God sends the ultimate gift and says, I don't care how you feel now. I can relate. There's peace in that. To think that God himself on this earth can relate to you. And I, I know there, there is difficulty in our culture, right? Didn't we, we learn so much about, about injustice in our culture. It is there. It is real. And it has been a part of the human experience since the beginning. 
Jesus can relate. And yet he says, good news of great joy. And I hope there's some peace as you reflect a little bit on the story of Jesus. He would have endured ridicule from those that were close and knew what had happened with his mom and dad. Do you think people really believed he was born miraculously of God? You think people in general believe that about, about, you know, Mary? I don't think so. Very, very, very few, right? Maybe the, the ones that were in the temple, right? They knew, but a few of them, you know, that, that wasn't going to propagate to the whole society. In general, they were raised with a sense of shame and God said, that's okay because I have a love that overcomes that. And I believe he allowed that so each of us sitting here today, no matter how you feel, can have some peace to know that Jesus connects and relates to us. You know, God's beautiful in his magnificent plan because he's saying to each of us that we are accepted. Then he goes on, of course, where is he placed right after he's born? Not in this fancy, really cool bassinet for a baby. He's placed in a feeding trough for animals. There was no room for them in the inn, right? Think about the idea that in our culture, sometimes we don't feel accepted. We don't feel like we fit in. Sometimes we're people who just, I don't fit in. I'm different. And yet God says, no, you're going to fit in with me. So the, the humble circumstance are mind-blowing that the great king, God in the flesh, says, here's how I will enter into the human race. So humble. So no matter where you are, you count. No matter where you are, you belong. No matter where you are, you are accepted. That is the message. That's the message of Jesus, God coming here to help us. Amen? Let's keep reading a little bit. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. I like that verse. Because if you were out in the the cold, cool evening with the bright starry sky. And this huge light shined up in front of you. You know, nowadays we would think it's an alien, right? We would think, aliens have come. Right? And the glory of the Lord shone around these guys. And it says in the text, they were terrified. I like that. I'm like, okay, the Bible tells things like it is, right? It tells the truth. It's real. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You know, today some of us are a little bit terrified. We can go back to that last text. We're a little bit terrified of what might come next in our life. And sadly, a lot of us are lacking in awe. Some of us are terrified when we think about coming in contact with God. Many of us are complacent and dull and not terrified at all. Or we've lost our awe of God. Let me tell you a story. It was an amazing story. I just heard it this week. A good friend of mine, Charlie Stevenson. She's the women's ministry leader down in Orange County. And this past week, she was in a Bible study with my daughter-in-law, um, Jasmine, who uh, she leads the campus ministry down there. So they were studying with a, a college girl at a coffee shop. And while they were studying and they're learning about God and the church, teaching her the Bibles, uh, uh, 
verse is all about the, the church and how it's supposed to work. But behind them was another young woman with long brown curly hair, and uh, she had overheard them talking about God. So after the Bible study was done, uh, Charlie, she went ahead and started up a conversation. You know, she had long brown curly hair, and so did this other girl. And so they started up a conversation using the relatability of, of you know, long curly hair girls and all the things they go through, right? And I'm sure there's, it's very complex, right? The product issues they have to deal with. But they connected. And as they began to talk, you know, she said, I heard you talk about God. The, the girl said, I heard you speaking about God. She said, yeah, we were, we we're doing a Bible study. Do you think much about God? And Charlie proceeded to ask her lots of questions, right? Isn't that what disciples of Jesus do? They, they ask lots of questions to get to know people that they meet randomly because we care about knowing people's lives because we want to bring this gift into everyone's life that we can. And so she began to question her and the girl started sharing about how uh, she had just recently visited the gravesite of her old boyfriend who had passed away when he was in college. And while she was there, it moved her quite heavily and it made her think about God. And she had grown up in a, in a Muslim family, but she wasn't practicing. But she believed a little bit in, in some of the things she'd learned about Christianity, but wasn't practicing. But her ex-boyfriend was, was very serious about it, or her boyfriend who had passed away. And she'd always wanted to explore it more in depth, but he died suddenly. And he had died of, a, of an epileptic uh, seizure that he had had while he was in, co- in college. And he passed, you know, he had a seizure, passed out, and then and, and he must have fallen over and hit his head. And he passed away as like a 20-year-old in college. It was devastating. And she began to tell the story the next day to Jasmine, who, who had been in the Bible, said, and seen the girl, but she had to rush out so she didn't have the conversation. And Jasmine was just stunned when she heard the story. Because... Jasmine, of course, married to my son, Kyle, and Kyle's best friend in high school was a guy named Nick. And Nick died of a seizure his first year in college. And he had become a disciple in the campus, in the high school ministry out in the Inland Empire and and was part of the campus ministry out in the Inland Empire. Uh, But he drifted a little and he'd met a girl while he was in college and and he wasn't super committed, but he he was still a, a disciple, but he had drifted quite a bit as he developed this relationship with this girl. And then suddenly he died. I did his funeral six years ago, and his girlfriend, Dahlia, was there at the funeral, and, and you know, we, we prayed and talked, and uh, we were all in mourning at this funeral of Nick. But she had been, just last week, at the gravesite of Nick, and she's like, God, if you're there, show me a sign. The next day, she goes to the coffee shop in Orange County that she's never been to, begins to study, and then Charlie and Jasmine see her. Of course, Jasmine couldn't quite remember who she was, but she had known, she'd seen her at the funeral six years earlier. And when Jasmine heard the story the next day after, you know, she'd gotten to know Dahlia, she was just stunned that God had brought Dahlia to this coffee shop to show her a sign that she could find God. And here she was, you know, going to study the Bible with, you know, I had done her ex-boyfriend's, uh, her past, you know, boyfriend's funeral six years earlier. Kyle, her ex-boyfriend's, you know, best friend was married to Jasmine, the girl that was brought to Dahlia. What a miracle. You don't think God is, is working in the lives of people? Are you in awe of what God's doing around you? By the way, she's gonna, she's studying the Bible now. She's engaging in Bible studies. She's, she wants to see, God, show me your way. Guide me. I need a star to follow. Let's not be terrified of God, but let's be awake 
and at peace, right? He says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God is working miracles right now all around you. Let's open up our eyes to see them. Amen. In verse 12, let's go to the next slide. It says, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Women, I know you want to have peace. I have three women in my home and there's not always peace in the home. There's a lot of emotions and they come and go in waves up and down and things, you know, things are happening there. And there's not always the kind of peace that we would like. Long car rides can be really stressful on the way to Christmas parties. I don't know if you experienced long car rides to big spiritual events and all of a sudden I'm like, how did this happen? And, you know, we can struggle having peace because our emotions go many, many places. But God wants us to have peace. Ladies, God wants you to have peace. As we've been studying the Proverbs, there's quite a lot in there about peace, but I want to read one main one to you. And it's simply about the ways of wisdom. And it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 2, you know, Jesus is the way and his ways bring peace. And then it says in chapter 2 of Proverbs, it says, for they, these ways, will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Wisdom. The wisdom of the ages, which comes from Jesus. Jesus brings peace. His ways bring peace. Do not give in to human fear. Do not give way to fear. Do not lose trust and say, I got to take control of the situation. I'm not secure. I have to take control or it won't work out right. And so often that's what we do. Even in a car ride, right? We get upset about the directions are right. Even even when it comes to the party and the planning and the details, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your job situation, when it comes to any major event that adds a little bit of stress, we so often want to take control ourselves, do it our own way, and sometimes we doubt God. I, I can't trust you, God. It's not working the way I want, so I'm doing it my way because we think that'll bring us security, but it won't. Security is going to come from trusting and surrendering. You got to let God do it his way. And that means, yeah, there's some, some calling to obey the scriptures. There's a call to obey God's message of fidelity and holiness and surrender and an effort to be righteous and honest. Honesty is a great test and that we're going to get to that in a second here about truth. But it's a great test of do, do we trust God enough to be honest that he'll work things out if we just tell the truth? Do we trust God enough to say, hey, he'll bring me peace if I really surrender to his ways, even though they seem so difficult? They do bring peace. His ways will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Follow the star of Jesus and it will bring you peace 
And when peace is in you as the fruits of the Spirit, joy will well up in you as well. Point number two, a star of truth. The star of truth. Let's read in uh, the text. And I want to kind of reiterate what it says. It says, let's go back, go back to the main page. I won't get to that one. We find it says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And we had read this. It says, there will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. In other words, here's this great thing that's going to happen, but it's not just an idea. You will see it with your own eyes. There's reality here. Right? The, the angels appear. And they say, glory to God in the highest. This is incredible. You will see an actual event that shows you the truth of what I'm saying. You know, the gift of Jesus is so incredible because it's a historical event. Jesus' life is historical. We know he is real. This brings a deep joy to the soul of any truth seeker. Jesus said, anyone on the side of truth listens to me. Are you on the side of truth today? Are you a truth seeker? I believe within our culture, there are many, many truth seekers. I absolutely think you're a truth seeker over here today. You're here today because you are a truth seeker. You're listening to me read through the scriptures. You are. But let me tell you, there are so many out there who are truth seekers, but they're really not sure where to find the truth. It's difficult. Hey, it's really, you can't read the newspaper to find the truth, you know, these days. I'm just here, I'm here to tell you. Uh, you're not going to get it. It's very, very difficult. You need to read maybe 10 and then distill between all of them the right truth. It's tough. It's a tough world out there, right? We're inundated with media and viewpoints and opinions and biases. But Jesus says, anyone on the side of truth listens to me. In the text, I love how it says, the writer says, you will find a baby, an actual event wrapped in cloths. You will get to see it with your own eyes. And we do realize that God wants us to find truth. Now, truth is important. Let's go to the Proverbs. Now, I want to give you a few Proverbs to think about. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. Truthful lips endure forever. You know, I like getting a kiss on the lips from my wife. It's very encouraging. Um... Married men and women, I want to highly recommend that. But you know, there is such a thing as a holy kiss. I think they're more on the cheek, but I think in Italy they do it even on the lips. You can't have, they gotta be holy if you're not married. Alright, that's the bottom line. They gotta be holy kisses, like mom and son type kisses, right? They gotta be that kind. But husband and wife, we get a really good kiss on the lips, it's awesome. Honest answer is just like that. It's comforting. It's encouraging. It means something. It's valuable. Honesty. And I do think, church, it's important for us to tell each other the truth. I know we did a sermon all about this. How you build trust is truth, right? Bringing the truth out. Highlighting the truth. Being truthful. 
talking straight. I did a whole sermon on talking straight, uh, being willing to just tell it like it is. And, and I confessed quite publicly that it's hard for me at times. I, I like everything to be awesome. I'm, one, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. I like everything to just be amazing all the time. But it's not. It's clearly not. The world is not always amazing. Life is not always amazing. All my relationships are not always amazing. Things do not always go the way I want. Now, some of us live on the other side. Everything stinks all the time. Oh, man, it's terrible. Nothing's going to work out for me. It's neither always bad or always good. You got to stay steady. Stay right in the middle. Stay steady. Hang in there, all right? When things are tough, hang in there. When things are good, hang in there. Don't get too high or too low, but stay steady. But be honest about the situation. We all like that. Jesus likes that. He tells the truth. The scriptures, they have the good and the bad and the ugly right in there. It's all right there. It's not painting a false picture. And neither should we. So let's keep reading. Let's skip on down to the next slide. About when the, This is when the actual... Uh, shepherds go to see Jesus. All right. Now look what it says. It says when they had seen him, empirical evidence right there in front of them. This is true. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. The truth amazes people. Have you told the story about how Jesus brought joy into your life? Have you told the story to your family lately? It can amaze people. The story about this young girl, Dahlia, who prayed on the gravesite of her dead boyfriend, and God told her, I'm going to do it, and sent people into her life, directly connected the best friends of her boyfriend that she hadn't seen in six years in a total random place. He's working. Right? He says they were amazed. And then it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's the other thing we should do with the truth, right? Let it in. Ponder it. Reflect on it. Think about it. As you're reading and praying and looking at your own life and your family, the things that have happened to you, meditate on those things. Ponder them. Let them sink in. They will change you and they will bring you joy. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Just as they had been told. The truth brings a sense of happiness, doesn't it? The truth about who you are. Sometimes you just got to get real about your life. And when you get real about your life, you, you know you feel better. You feel good about who you are and where you've been at and what's going on. I had a, a brother call me a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't talked to him. I'd only met him a couple of times. He called me up and he just got totally real about some major problems in his life. Some major sins, some major stuff that was not good. Some purity issues that were not good. And his wife had become aware of them and it was not a good situation. But you know what? He just said, here's what's going on. He got open. And I think he felt a lot better. And we got with some other, another brother and some more people to get in his life because he, he wanted to just be honest finally. That's the first step to joy. Get the junk out and be honest. You know, the holidays are going to bring you some terrible times. This year, the pandemic might have brought you some terrible times. Get real with a trusted friend. 
The scriptures say, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And it's all grace. It's all love. It's all encouragement. We all have mess, but we need some trusted people to get honest and real with. You know, we need to tell the truth and get, get our life out there. Then we can get some help. Let's not go into 2022 with junk that's swept under the carpet. Let's be real. Just as they had been told is how it happened. They saw the child just as they had been told. And they followed this star, right? They had a star to follow. And it brought them to truth. And the truth brought them a deep and complete joy. Today I want us to understand we have a star to follow. It is Jesus. And if we follow that star, peace. Peace will come. The wisdom Being in awe of God. Understanding His incredible humility. And we follow that star. We'll come to a place of truth. And today as we reflect on Jesus, we know that He he came not just to give us the example of how to live and this peace and this truth through His actual life, but He ended His life at the cross. He ended His life in perfection. Giving Himself for us. But then he didn't stay dead. He resurrected three days later. So Jesus is the ultimate gift. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. We have a star to follow. And that star is Jesus. It will lead you to the cross. And today I want us to really reflect on our joy. And the question that we have. And we're going to take five minutes now before we take communion. And I want you to just... Talk to the people to your right or to your left or right behind you. Form a little group of two to four people and answer this question for the next five minutes. What about Jesus brings you joy? And I want you to be honest. Maybe nothing. Be honest about that, too. If there's no joy there, let's be honest, because that's where the joy will come from. Truth and peace. Amen. Five minutes and then we'll have our communion prayer. Maybe I'll catch him before he, before he fully leaves. Okay, we're going to have a prayer for communion. If you didn't get the communion um, elements, the ushers will bring them through. If you just raise your hand if you need the communion uh, elements. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this incredible gift. The gift of your son. Uh, not only his life and the joy and peace that it brings But certainly his giving of his very life, his sacrifice and his resurrection, which gives us a new hope. Uh, Thank you for his blood that is given for us, that gives us a second chance. We can be totally real and true and honest because we know there's hope and there's forgiveness available. And Father, thank you for his body given, which inspires us and calls us to surrender ourselves for you. Thank you for the body and blood of Jesus. It's in Jesus name that we take these elements to remember him. We pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.